Texas. We're joined now by Nick Delatore from GatorCountry.com. Nick, good morning. How are you, my friend? Doing well. Uh, just hoping this hurricane doesn't doesn't change anything. I get my first trip out to College Station this week. I, I was going to ask what what is the status right there? I know that there uh, there's some consideration to, uh, of moving some football games. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about Florida um, uh, and A and M moving their game. Um, but I mean, uh, it's obviously a hurricane, and it's tracking a little bit farther west, I think, uh, today than it had been previously. So I guess. I guess we'll see. I know LSU and Missouri have already moved, um, but uh, I'm hoping it kind of just fizzles out. I don't know if uh, I'm a meteorologist or if I know what it's going to do. Uh, being from Florida, I'm used to hurricanes, but I uh, can't really tell you where they're going. Hey, hey talk a little bit about uh, the the, uh, the Gator offense. This is an offense that's putting up some points right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been in, I've been covering Florida since 2013, and I think uh, I have not seen an offense like this in Gainesville. That's for sure. Um, it, it's it's really fun, and I think the biggest question was, is Florida going to be able to run the ball because they couldn't last year? And then you, Florida loses four receivers to the NFL. Who's going to replace them? And I think we've gotten answers. You know, Florida isn't uh, a team that's going to run the ball 40 times a game, um, but they've shown that they're at least able to run the ball when they need to. Obviously, Kyle Pitts is a guy that is a mismatch for whoever Florida is going up against, and you've seen, you know, 11 guys catch 11 different guys catch passes in week one, nine different guys catch passes in week two. So I think they've answered those questions as to, you know, who's going to replace the guys that left for the NFL right now. Florida's just a really fun team to watch offensively. Um, definitely the most fun team I've been able to cover since I've been in Gainesville. And speaking of covering them, let me ask you this, Kyle Trask, uh, obviously he's got to be looking forward to coming close to home, being from Manville. He's, he's really, Kind of gone, you know, playing a, a level above even what I thought he would play, which was at a heck of a level last year. How, how do you see him coming into playing in his home state and and bringing that offense in here and and going against an A and M defense? How do you see him playing? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's all credit to Kyle. Um, when you look at you know his story, it's probably one that you couldn't sell to a Hollywood producer because they would they would say you know it's it's too outlandish, but. <laughs> Um, you know, a backup quarterback in high school, then a backup quarterback at, at Florida. There were really two opportunities early on in his career where he would have had a chance to play. And uh, it, he tore his ACL, or had a knee injury and then broke his foot. And uh, so it's really just a credit to him because if, if you're a backup quarterback for three or four years, it's probably easy to show up to practice and just go through the motions. And we saw last year when he was thrown into the mix um, against Kentucky that that's not what he had been doing. Uh, I think it'll be emotional for him. Probably would have been more emotional in, in, in a different year when there'd be, you know, 102,000 uh, Aggies in Kyle, in Kyle, at Kyle Field. Um, but I think it'll be emotional for him. He's going to have a lot of family members there. He's from, you know, just about an hour and a half away in Manville and uh, playing in the stadium that he was named after. So I think it, it'll be a big deal for him. Um, he grew up an Aggie fan. Uh, so, yeah, certainly it'll be a big deal for him, you know, getting a chance to play. Um, that close to home, and, and it'll be the only chance you know he's had um, to do that in in five years at Florida. Dan Mullen wasn't pleased with the Gators' ability to get off the field on third down against South Carolina. What can they do to address that before taking on A and M this week? It, it, it's going to be interesting because against Ole Miss, it was there weren't long sustained drives, but they gave up big plays. You know, six plays of, of twenty five yards or more in the passing game, and and five of fifteen or more in the running game, and then. You get a, a 
a South Carolina offense, it's a total, totally opposite. They're, they're on the field for 11 plays, 14 plays, 16 plays. And, and even when you get off the field on third down, they're, they're converting five of five on fourth down. So it's been two totally different, you know, breakdowns for Florida's defense. And now when you look at um, Jimbo Fisher, who Gator fans are, are familiar with from his time at, at FSU, and you look at what Kellen Mond can do, not only with his arm, but extending plays. And, and that was some, some issue Florida showed uh, with Matt Corral and the way that he was able to extend plays. So I think that's a big, a big issue for Florida is keeping Kellen Mond in the pocket. Um, Florida hasn't been able to cover a tight end in two weeks. And, and Texas A&M has a great tight end. So I think that there's definitely some issues. And, and we might be in for another, another shootout when you look at uh, what these two offenses are able to do. Um, so that might make for an exciting game, but, I know Florida fans have become accustomed to a certain level of defense, and that's not what they're seeing um, out of this Gator unit this year. You mentioned uh, defense, 30 points a game, and I, I guess that's got to that's have the defensive staff scratching their head a little bit. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, covering the teams that I've covered at Florida, it's, man, if, we, if, if the offense could just score 17 points, they'd be good. And, <laughs> and now you're looking at a Florida team that, that might be able to score 35, 40 points a week but now you're getting fans wondering, is that going to be enough? Is 35 going to be enough this week? And I think probably everyone across the country, I've likened it to baseball some when pitchers and catchers report to spring training early and it kind of takes a little bit for the bats to catch up. Uh, I think, you know, when you look at Florida, they didn't tackle uh, but twice since the Orange Bowl uh, back in January. So I think there's going to be some time where the defense needs to catch up, get up to game speed. Um, and I think you'll see defenses getting better. Um, but like I said earlier, you've seen two completely different reasons why Florida was unsuccessful on defense in two weeks. Um, so I guess on the optimistic side, glass half full, you can say, well, they corrected the problems from week one. Well, that's nice, but you have a whole new crop of problems up in week two. So um, do they, are they able to correct those problems? And do you see a better Florida defense? I think it's just a really tough offense for them. Um, when you consider the skill position guys the Aggies have and, and, and how good of an offensive coach that I think Jimbo Fisher is. Tennessee's had some success this year. We've seen what Georgia's been able to do over the past couple of years, and now Florida seems back to where they used to be. How close is the SEC East to closing that gap with the SEC West? Yeah, I think that Dan Mullen was asked that today in the SEC teleconference, and, and he mentioned his second year at Mississippi State, they finished 15th in the country, but 5th in the West. And, I mean, that's – that's the gap that there was. Um, for me, I think it's Florida and Georgia in, in, in the East. The winner of the East is going to be whoever wins that game um, in, in Jacksonville. And obviously, Georgia's got a little tougher stretch. They had to play Auburn, uh, took care of business there, but they'll play Alabama next week. Um, and, and, but I think that's where it is. And it's going to be Florida versus Georgia. And then you're going to see what the gap is when, when we play in Atlanta on December 19th. And I, I still think there is a gap between Alabama um, maybe, and, and then the rest of the SEC. But I think Florida's at least closed the gap on Georgia in the East. Um, but, yeah, when I watch what Alabama's been able to do and, and what they did to Texas A&M last week, that's just a team with a cutthroat mentality and never really taking their foot off the gas. And, and that's an issue that Florida's had where they've had a chance and an opportunity to close games out early against Ole Miss and then last week as well, and they just don't do it. And I think that might be – uh, the difference right now between in Alabama and, and some of these other teams uh, in in the conference. Nick, uh, tell us what we can catch on uh, GatorCountry.com right now. Uh, we got updates uh, all week long, and uh, from from Dan Mullen and, and Todd Grantham and the Gators, and you can read all that stuff on GatorCountry.com. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to my first trip to Houston and my first trip to College Station this week. Uh, you, you'll have fun, uh, and uh, it's it's an interesting place to to go catch a football game. We hope you enjoy your time here in Texas. Nick Delatore, our guest.